Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me. Yeah, it is him. Uh, we're uh, joining you today to uh, joining you today to uh, cover another uh, another couple of birthdays. Uh, we've been doing uh, one birthday per episode up to this point, but this time we're going to bring you two. Uh, despite recording this on March 31st, we're going to be talking about NBA and ABA players through history who were born on both March 30th and March 31st. You might have been able to tell by the episode title. Uh, we're going to uh, run through our teams as we typically do, uh, starting at center then followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And then we're going to uh, compare the teams that we put together from these two days. So without further ado, Mills, let's uh, let's get into the players born on March 30th. And we're talking about seven players total in this group. Yeah. Um. So you want me to give you my center? Yeah, jump right in there. Uh, who'd you have at center? Um. I had LaRue... No, wait. Who do I have? Yeah, you had LaRue Martin. Yeah, I had LaRue Martin. Uh, let's talk a little, a little bit about LaRue Martin. This guy was the number one overall pick. Wow. I mean, he really was number one overall pick. And have we talked about him before on the podcast? I, I don't um, believe so. He went to uh, Loyola Chicago, so a team that uh, has been relevant in uh, the college basketball world in recent days, uh, winning some games, having uh, Cameron Crutwig on the squad. Yeah, and um, actually, this has got to be another huge bust for the Blazers because they could have had Bob McAdoo or Julius Irving. Yeah, pretty painful uh, missing out Instead, on, on those guys. Yeah, they they um they wanted Larue Martin. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Larue Martin, who uh, is turning uh, seventy one or turned seventy one yesterday, I should say. Talk about his career a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he um he uh. He wasn't that good. I mean, but I mean, you have to get him in on this squad because there's only like seven players. So I mean, there's not really anybody else, and um, that can play center or maybe, but like he's definitely the best choice. Um, averaging seven points per game is best. Averaging five point three for his career, and um, yeah, uh, solid career, I guess. I mean, averaging four point six rebounds. And um, also playing 271 career games. Yeah, in the regular season, uh, yeah. So, I mean, certainly not the career you'd be looking for from a number one overall pick uh, taken in uh, 1972, if we didn't uh, didn't mention that. Uh, but had a big-time college career. I mean, his uh, number 20 retired uh, at Loyola Chicago, so, you know, good for him. And uh, being the number one pick in the draft, uh, certainly, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of props for, uh, for, for getting to that point, despite uh, maybe the Blazers uh, looking back on it with, uh, with some regret years later. But as you mentioned – you know, only seven players uh, available to uh, to pick for this squad. So I also chose uh, Larue Martin um, for my pick at center. Yeah. So um, let's move on to power forward. Let's do that, Mills. Who'd you have at uh, at power forward? Um, I have Jerry Lucas. I know we've talked about him on the podcast before in our Ohio State episode. You can check that out if you want to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a great NBA career, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, 1973 NBA champion, five-time All-NBA, 1963, 1964 All-Rookie, um, 1964, 1965, um, All-Star Game MVP, and 1963, 1964 Rookie of the Year. So a lot of honors for Jerry Lucas, and, I mean, he 
probably deserves them. Yeah, inducted into the Hall of Fame in, uh, in 1980. So, I mean, he's, he's been uh, been in the Hall of Fame for quite some time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who had uh, had some roles on, on some pretty significant NBA teams through the years. Uh, as we mentioned uh, when we discussed him in the Ohio State episode, a member of, uh, of that 72-73 uh, Knicks championship team. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, some uh, a part of some big-time squads. And if you look at his numbers throughout his career, uh, very consistent scorer. Uh, over the course of his time in the league, posted some pretty high uh, field goal percentages for his time as well, uh, shooting just under 50% for his career. I know we're used to seeing bigs uh, shoot a much higher percentage now, but for his day, that was really good stuff. And uh, it's evidenced in uh, in some of his uh, positions on the all-time leaderboards. I mean, I know we mentioned this before, but I mean, fourth in rebounds per game in NBA history. Yeah. Like, I, I know the game's changed a lot. I mean, you know, 15.6 rebounds back when he played, uh, it's different than it is today, but still, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, he's, he averaged a double-double for his career, like over 15 points a game and rebounds a game. And um, got up close there with um, personal fouls with 2.9. Well, not that close, but yeah, he was, he was pretty nasty. And if you look at his assist numbers, I mean, obviously a guy who could pass it as well. I mean, you know, for, for a big, and uh, it's evidenced yeah. in the fact that he's uh, 54th all-time in, uh, in triple-doubles as well. I mean, he's got 10 triple-doubles. You know, obviously we see a lot of triple doubles these days, but, uh, you know, pretty impressive for a big back in his time. Yeah, also played with the Cincinnati Royals and um, his NBA debut. I know we don't say this much, but October 16th in um, 1963. Yeah, that might be a reason why we don't say it that much. But uh, also of note, uh, Jerry Lucas, uh, some pretty cool nicknames. I mean, this guy considered uh, a towering intellect uh, as well during his time. Yeah, Luke, Mr. Memory, Dr. Memory, and the computer. Probably not that smart, if I had to guess. Uh, I think he was pretty smart. I think that's why they uh, why they called him uh, those names. Uh, Eighty one years yeah, old as right. of uh, as of yesterday, and certainly a guy who needs to be on this squad. I mean, the only Hall of Famer in the mix here, and a fine fit at power forward. I had him as well. Actually, talking about two Hall of Famers today. That's true. We're going to get into uh, we're, we're going to get into some more as, as we keep going here. Uh, Mills, who'd you have at the uh, at the three? I had Shalier Hamlin. Hamlin. I, I think we're talking about Shaler Halimone. Oh. Uh, yeah, let, let, so, uh, I, I bet the audience is uh, not super familiar with uh, Shaler Halimone. I'll, I'll tell them a little bit about uh, Shaler's game. Yeah, he um, his NBA debut was um, October 26, 1968, um, six, and actually he, he had an ABA debut as well in, um, on December 3rd, 1971. Yeah, a guy who played 170 uh, NBA games before making his way to the uh, ABA at the end of his career. Yeah, um, was pretty solid, I guess, but in the NBA, I mean, averaging 6.2 points per game, 1.7 assists, and 3.1 rebounds. And um, I guess he was fine. I mean, he definitely deserves to be on this team. <laughs> he played uh, 254 regular season games, 14th overall pick out of uh, Utah State uh, in the uh, 68 draft. So. We all know that. Um, um, uh, I can't remember his name. Ronald L. Baker, I think, went there. But, um, <laughs> Ron, Ron, Ron Baker Pat, is, uh, no, Pat is, is going to feature uh, later in this episode. Yeah, Pat Dunn attending Utah State. We talked about him on a recent episode. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we, uh, Shaler Hallibut, I, I agree. I mean, you, you got to put him on here. I mean, a 6'5", 199-pound uh, guy who actually played the three and the two uh, during his time in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, not a, not a tremendously uh, remarkable career, um, you know, averaging uh, just uh, 14.4 minutes per game uh, during his 254-game uh, run, but, you know, definitely, definitely a guy who played in the league. 
I mean, can't, can't deny it. No, I definitely, definitely can't deny it. And uh, he's been retired since uh, the 1973 season when he uh, finished up his career, as we mentioned, uh, in the ABA as a member of the uh, Dallas Chaparrals. Yeah, and um, he um, he has one of the shorter Wikipedia pages, probably. Yeah, not a whole lot to say about him. I mean, just a little uh, little notation about uh, the numbers that he compiled in the NBA and then uh, some of his uh, post-career um, occupations as well. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, mentions that he worked as a social worker and then as a uh, bus driver as well. So uh, that's the story of uh, Shaler Halamon, also uh, the three on my uh, squad of players born on March 30th. Yep. Shaler Halamon, the bus driver. Yeah, so let's uh, let, let's move on to uh, to the two. Who'd you have? I had Ronald Delane Baker. Ronald Delane Baker, yes. Uh, perhaps that's a family name or something. Let's talk a little bit about Ronald Baker. I actually remember this guy from his uh, college career at Wichita State. What's a family name? Yeah, it might be like the like his mom's like last name or something like that. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um. Well, um. He um. He wasn't that good. Wait, have you had all these same players as me? I have. We've we've had uh, the same players. I mean, there's only seven players to choose from, as as we mentioned a couple of times. So, you know, not too surprising there would be some overlap. Anyway, Ron Baker, also my uh, my two. So let's talk a little bit about this guy. Yeah. Um. Three point one points per game. Um. One point three personal fouls. Point eight turnovers. Point two blocks. Point seven steals. One point eight assists. One point four rebounds. One point three defensive rebounds. One point two offensive rebounds. Seven point seven free throw percentage. Seven. Um. Um. Eight per, <laughs> right, eight percent right. free throw. I got. I got to step in here. Our audience, I'm sure, is uh, is falling asleep with. A uh, rote recitation of uh, Ron Baker's uh, limited NBA stats. 96 career uh, regular season games and, you know, hasn't made that much of an impact. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, significant player in, in college who actually was teammates with uh, Fred Van Vliet yeah, at, uh, at, at Wichita State. Played with uh, Clay Anthony early there as well. They had a, had, had a really good squad. They were um, uh, undefeated as, as they entered uh, the tournament uh, in their, um, their season in, in 2013-2014. And uh, but just you know has not made that much of an impact in the NBA. I mean, I think yeah. somewhat limited in terms of his athleticism, and uh, you know has managed to uh, to play some overseas as well, playing for Cheska Moscow. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if we'll see much more of uh, Ron Baker in the NBA uh, now that he is uh, 28 years old. Yeah, I was looking at the, actually the um, that 2014 bracket, and I'm pretty sure Wichita State was the one seed. And um, also, um, good to note that he was. Um, it says, um, just like quote what it says on Wikipedia, Baker as a redshirt freshman for the 2012-2013 Wichita State Shockers left and fourth-year junior for the 2014-2015 team, right? Okay, um, let, 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 let's move on. <laughs> no, my main thing was that, that he was a redshirt. Yeah, yeah, he was a redshirt freshman at uh, – at Wichita State initially, and actually came into the league a little bit older than uh, than most guys, even who uh, stay in college for all four years, uh, entering the league at age 23. But obviously a guy who really needed that development time to uh, get up to the point where he could play in the NBA at all, and he did uh, for a, a total of 96 regular season games. So big ups to uh, to Ron Baker. And they have a picture of him wearing an X jersey on basketball. Yeah, not too surprising. I mean, he played, uh, played for the Knicks uh, for almost his entire NBA career. And also played with the Wizards for four games. Yeah, and we're number eighty-four, which is kind of cool. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, to the point here. Who'd you have there, Mills? 
I had Ozzy Schechtman. Ozzy Schechtman. Yes. Now, this is a guy who played a real long time ago. Uh, played just 54 games back in the 1946-1947 uh, season for the Knicks back in the BAA. And he scored the first ever points in BAA history. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty cool uh, thing to be able to say uh, that you got the first bucket in the league that would go on to become the NBA. Another cool thing to say is that my man Ozzy Sheckman from Kew Gardens, uh, right next door to uh, my own hometown of Farstills. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he um, had um four hundred three hundred thirty-five career um, points. That's four hundred thirty-five. Yeah, four hundred thirty-five career points um, in fifty-four games. So that's pretty good. And um, per thirty-six minutes, it actually doesn't say. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was um, pretty good. Yeah, well, as he, when he played, I mean, yeah, scored as many as, uh, as 19 points in a game one time. And really, I mean, it's just one of these guys who, I mean, the, the statistical record is, is pretty flimsy. I mean, as, as you noted, uh, you know, there are a lot of stat, statistical categories that we take for granted now that just weren't available back in uh, 46, 47, right at the dawn of the league. We don't have any minutes he played. We don't have any games he started. We don't know about rebounds. There's a lot of things we don't know. And of course, you know, just one season from Ozzy Sheckman at, uh, at age 27, too. Wow. So, you know, who knows uh, what kind of a player he would have been had he come along at another time. But really uh, notable for uh, having been one of the, uh, you know, people who had a significant impact in the uh, in, in the earliest days. I mean, you know, uh, achieving yeah. one of the NBA's great milestones. Yeah. So um, you want to move on to the young players that are not on our center laps? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. So let's run through our teams uh, quickly here and then we can uh, then we can move on to a couple more. Um, yeah, um, I had LaRue Martin, Jerry Lucas, Shelly Harrington, Shelly Harrington, um, Ron Baker, Ozzy Shackman. Yeah, so I had as well uh, at center, LaRue Martin, at uh, power forward, Jerry Lucas, at small forward, Shaylor Hellamone, at uh, shooting guard, Ron Baker, and at point guard, Ozzy Shackman. All right, so just a couple more guys here who uh, who were uh, born on uh, on May 30th, excuse me, March uh, March 30th. Let's uh, Let's get into them now. Yeah, so, um, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> we're, 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 <laughs> I actually noticed a, a discrepancy between uh, Basketball Reference and, uh, and, and Wikipedia, our two primary uh, sources for uh, for this podcast. Uh, Wikipedia actually says Ozzy Checkman was born on May 30th, and Basketball Reference says March 30th. So if you're listening up at uh, Basketball Reference and Wikipedia, you might want to get together and uh, figure this one out. Well, actually, that could interfere with this episode. It's true. So maybe Jalen Howard or Amario Schofield that we're about to talk about might end up making the team when, uh, when they sort this out. It's possible. We'll uh, we'll get back to you about that in a future episode. In the meantime, let's talk Jalen Horde. Uh, what, what do you got on Jalen Horde? Obviously, a guy who's just early in his career, just turned twenty-two. Yeah, um, just um, just started his career yesterday. Um, sorry, but um, he um. He just recently started playing, and um, 2.9 points per game for the Blazers so far this season. And I'm pretty sure on Wikipedia it says he's on the Thunder right now. So, I mean. He's a, he's a member of the Thunder's G League squad. He's on the Oklahoma oh. City Blue. So, I mean, this guy could be back in the league anytime. I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, start playing, playing 13 games with the Blazers earlier this season. Uh, or not, not this season. Last season. Last season, yeah. And, uh yeah, so I mean, really, just getting his feet wet in the league. I mean, it's too, really too early to uh, to comment too strongly on uh, on what he's done as an NBA player. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll see more from uh, Jalen Horde. Certainly, an opportunity to get on uh, this 
uh, March 30th squad in future. Yeah, actually, um, I, this is a weird, probably a weird point to mention this, but um, I um, I was looking earlier to see like what month has the most like stacked like NBA players, and it's actually March. Fascinating. That's really interesting. And of course, we're going to get to uh, March 31st uh, players in, uh, in just a few moments here. All right, so let's uh, let's also talk uh, Admiral Schofield just quickly. The the last guy born on March 30th. Yeah, um, he played in the league. Okay, let's um, we'll take yeah, played played in the league a little bit, but I mean, notable because he was taken actually relatively high in the draft. I mean, the forty second pick. I mean, second round, but I mean, re- relatively high in the uh, in the second round in just the twenty nineteen draft. So pretty recently, and actually kind of an unusual player. I mean, just six five two forty one in terms of his listed height and weight, and uh, but but a power forward. So n- not often that you see a, a a big of his or a guy who plays one of the big positions at his size. And, uh, you know, not really – hasn't really been able to, uh, to hit the three ball with any kind of consistency, but really just hasn't gotten a lot of run in general. Just uh, 33 games so far uh, last season and just 11 minutes, uh, just just over 11 minutes in, the, in those squads. Uh, like me, a, a guy who was actually born in London. Yeah, interesting. Um, but he did he have, did average three points a game in his um, season and went to Zion Benton Township in Zion, Illinois for high school. Just really wanted to get that name out there. Yeah. Also in the uh, in the G League right now, so we definitely yeah. could see him again. He's with the uh, with the Hornets G League affiliate, so you know we, we may be seeing Admiral Schofield again. Certainly possible. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment to uh, discuss the uh, players born on this day, March thirty first, through uh, NBA. Yes, NBA sir, history. indeed. And we're back to uh, continue our uh, conversation of uh, players born on March thirtieth and uh, March thirty first by uh, talking about our, our lineup for players born on March thirty first. Uh, Mills, let's uh, let's get into it. Who do you have at center? James Wiseman. Okay, who did I have? Power forward. No, no, no. Let's let's talk a little bit about James Wiseman before we move on. Uh, obviously, a guy just at the beginning of his career. Yeah, I mean, averaging eleven point point eleven point eight points per game, but roughly with um three point three points is roughly even the word. With, roughly, um, yes, absolutely. Um, three point three personal fouls, which is not great. Yeah, but uh, I mean, obviously, j- just getting his feet wet right now. I mean, the number two overall pick in the draft uh, just uh, last year in the 2020 draft, and uh, turning just uh, 20 years old today. So you know, very early days for uh, for James Wiseman. Amelia um, laughing because uh, we had uh, a, a window closed here that we were, we were relying upon. <laughs> very funny stuff. All right, I'll, I'll leave, leave this in. Uh, James Wiseman, I, I found an interesting, uh, interesting note going through uh, these players and teams. James Wiseman, a guy who's worn the number 33 so far in his career, has also played 33 games. Interesting. That, uh, that, that might come back as we uh, continue to discuss these guys. Has also shot 33% from the floor, from, uh, from three. Uh, 33.3%. Yes. Uh, so James Wiseman, a, a big-time uh, recruit out of, uh, out, of, out of high school, attended uh, Memphis where he played for – uh, former number three overall pick, uh, Anthony Hardaway. And, um, you know, he's uh, – yeah, well, we're going to have to see what we get from uh, James Wiseman going forward. Uh, you, you think he's on, like, an all-star kind of track? I mean, like, like – Maybe. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's just so hard to say at this point in his career. I mean, big ticket, big gym, J-Dub, J-Wise. So, I mean – and also, um, just seeing this picture on Wikipedia, um, it says Wiseman in the youth game with him wearing a Brad Beal elite jersey. Yeah, I think that's an AAU uh, uh, jersey he's got on there, and that uh, that, Wiki- that picture on Wikipedia. So yeah, I mean James Wiseman. I mean yeah, we're gonna have to see where his, where his career goes from here. I think uh, you know the general consensus is is that he's been a, a negative player for the Warriors this year, 
but he's also playing his first season at age 19 and obviously turning 20 now. So uh, we'll have to see if he's able to, uh, you know, provide some positive uh, contributions uh, going forward. He's, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think uh, he's at a, still in a uh, in a position right now where, you know, there's much to be seen. Yeah, I mean, getting 25 points in a game and getting 11 rebounds in a game is um, itself. Yeah, he's definitely had some high points. I mean, there's no question. His athleticism is undeniable. So, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot to build off of. It's just a question of whether he can kind of consolidate, uh, you know, the other skills around uh, the talents that he's got. He's a very naturally gifted uh, player, certainly at, at seven foot, 240, and able to shoot it and block shots and defend the rim the way that he uh, already can. Yeah, so you want to move on to foul court? That was kind of a long segment. That was kind of a long on James Wiseman. Yeah, let's keep moving here. Uh, who do you have at the power forward? J.R. Reed. Yeah, let's talk J.R. Reed. I, I certainly remember this guy from when I was a kid, uh, a guy who was taken uh, number five overall, and uh, certainly a, a guy who played quite some time in the league. Yeah. Um, I mean, played for how many years is that? Um, 11 I mean, years. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of years because, um, I mean, you got to be good at basketball if you want to last that long in the league. I mean, I mean, playing for a bunch of different teams. Yeah, absolutely. Really got around after being the uh, number five overall pick in that 89 draft, uh, turning 53 years old uh, today. Uh, drafted by uh, by the Hornets, where he uh, began his career and where he played uh, the, the most games of his career, but really a, a contributor in a whole bunch of different spots. Yeah. Uh, started a little less than half his uh, his NBA games, averaged uh, just under 23 minutes per game for his career, actually got in some time overseas as well. So a, a long and, and well-traveled career, if not one that... Uh, necessarily had stardom attached to it. I mean, just like, a, you know, a, a solid contributor during his uh, his long NBA tenure. Yeah, I mean, playing with the Hornets, as we said, Spurs, Bucks, Knicks, Lakers, and Cavs. So really got around, I mean, at his best, getting up towards um, 11.3 points per game at one point. Also getting a season where he scored – um, 11.1 points per game, 11 points per game. So, I mean, really could fill it up in his first three years there. But, I mean, dropped off a little bit, but still pretty good score and um, rebounder too. Yeah, those were all early years of the uh, Hornets franchise where he was getting a lot of run, uh, you know, as a rookie and as a sophomore player. But uh, definitely settled into more of a reserve uh, complementary role as uh, as his career went on and his numbers dropped off accordingly. Has uh, stuck around in basketball. I mean, is uh, currently an assistant at Monmouth in uh, New Jersey. So who knows? We might see him in the uh, head coaching ranks somewhere uh, at some point before too long. Yeah. Um, you want to move on? Let's move on to the to the three. Um, I think we. Uh, so I, had, I had J.R. Sorry, Reed as well to, uh, to to uh, clarify. Uh, let's move on to uh, the three where I believe we had uh, the same player once again. Yep, Don Barksdale. Hall of Famer, one-time All-Star, and um, played a bunch in the league. And um, 12 point, I mean, averaging 11 point, points per game for his career and eight point. I mean, this is pretty nice. Eight, eight rebounds a game, 2.1 assists per game, and 11 points per game for his career. I mean, only played four seasons, but, I mean, that's pretty nice. Yeah, and, and, you know, it should certainly be noted about him. I mean, a Hall of Famer as a uh, contributor in, uh, in, as inducted in, uh, in 2012, and, I mean, really notable for uh, having been a, uh, a pioneering player as, as an African-American in, uh, in, in the NBA and in basketball in general. I mean, 
the first uh, NCAA All-American, uh, an African, uh, the first African-American who uh, was named an NCAA All-American, the uh, first to play on a uh, U.S. Uh, men's Olympic team, and uh, the first to play in an NBA All-Star game. So really, I mean, a groundbreaking figure, Don Barksdale. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I wonder why he didn't play longer. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, these, I mean, careers, you know, I mean, for, for a smaller guy, I mean, obviously not not small. I mean, 6'6", six, six, uh, 200 pounds, but not not an enormous guy. Um, you know, sometimes bodies just didn't last quite as long back in those days. I mean, you know, made it to his age 31 season. Of course, didn't start playing in, in, at the NBA level until uh, age 28. Of course, you know, getting in so early uh, in, in terms of the history of the league back in uh, 1951 has something to do with that. But um yeah, I mean, not not a long career, but uh, certainly an impactful one, both in terms of the uh, his, his contributions on the court, but also his uh, his legacy and uh, you know the the trail that he blazed. Yeah, for sure. So, um, great. Yeah, uh, Don Barksdale, Hall of Famer, and it sh should be mentioned, uh, no longer with us. Sadly, uh, passed away yeah. back in uh, 1993, so far too young at the uh, you know just before his uh, 70th birthday. Yeah. So, um, you ready to keep moving here? Yeah, probably. Um, Let's do it. I was just getting lost there. I didn't have anything to say. Let's go to the two. Uh, th this was a pretty easy call. Yeah, I mean, Steve Smith, um, one-time All-Star, 2003 NBA champion, and 91-92 All-Rookie. I mean, this guy's nice, Smitty. Isn't he? he does, like, a lot of things, like, on TV, right? He absolutely does, yeah. He's worked uh, for, for PNT uh, and for uh, NBA TV for quite a while. You can often see his face on uh, – on screen, uh, calling these games or, or talking about them, talking about the league. Do you like uh, him as a commentator? Yeah, he's a pretty solid commentator, I, I think. I and mean, he's been doing this for a long time, so has uh, you know ex now now quite a bit of experience as a commentator in addition to his extensive uh, playing experience. But I mean, a guy who I, I grew up watching. I mean, you know, came into the league in uh, 1991, left it in 2005. So you know, really uh, you know got around during that time, starting his career with the Heat, where he was uh, taken with the uh, the fifth overall pick. Just like uh, J.R. Reed, who we mentioned uh, moments ago, um, and yeah, Michigan guy. I mean, we talked about him on our Michigan State episode as as well, and uh, you know, made his way to the to the Heat, then the Hawks, then the Blazers, uh, Spurs, Hornets, and, and finally back to the Heat to uh, to wrap up his career. But yeah, I mean, a really strong contributor. I mean, and a good, know. good, great score. Um, get at his best, like get averaging over twenty points. Absolutely. I mean, like, could, could really fill it up, as you like to say, uh, 942 regular season games and, you know, averaging over 30 minutes a game across that career. So, I mean, really played. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, had a good, very good career. Uh, that was 717 career starts out of those 942 games. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, uh, you know, solid score, really good shooter. I mean, I, I think, you know, you look back at his uh, you know, career three-point percentage, it's just under 36% from the foul line, 84%. So, I mean, you know, could, could really shoot it and, uh, you know, shows up uh, towards the back end of, uh, of some of those all-time leaderboards. I mean, had the kind of uh, volume in his career that would allow him to do that. So 86th in three-pointers, for instance, 81st in free-throw percentage. You know, you didn't want to make too much of it, but, uh, you know. 93rd in offensive rating, 95th in offensive win shares. So. Yeah, so, I mean, excellent career from uh, from Steve Smith and also one of these cool names. You know, there's a bunch of Steve Smiths out there. Steve Smith, the hockey player. Steve Smith, the uh, extremely nasty football player. Steve, some Steve Smiths in baseball. So, uh, Steve Smith, uh, the name really gets around, but he's uh, certainly putting it uh, in a good light. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you want to move on to Port Card? I have Armand Hill. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get right into Armand Hill. He's who I had as well. We're in lockstep throughout this lineup. Let's talk and a little bit about that. Yeah, you're right. We're just we're you know all uh, 
on the same page today. Let's talk Armand Hill. Yeah, I mean, at his best, averaging 10.2 points per game and um, uh, 6.9 for his career. But, um, I mean, was solid in all categories, I guess, um, averaging two points per game, I mean, two rebounds per game, 4.7 assists per game, and nine, 6.9 rebounds a game for his career. I mean, points per game for his career. So, and um, play – Played uh, 468 regular season games. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, the guy who was uh, taken uh, out of Princeton, uh, we talked about, about him on the Princeton episode as well, uh, drafted uh, ninth overall in 1976, uh, 6'4", uh, 190 uh, point guard. So, I mean, you know, actual, an actual point guard as, as he makes uh, our squads here. And, yeah, I mean, a guy who, who was a, a real contributor in the NBA for, for a bunch of years. I mean, started a bunch, uh, you know, played starters minutes uh, early in his career, made his uh, transition to uh, a reserve as he got later into his 20s and uh, got to, to, to 30. But also a guy who's uh, contributed a lot to, uh, to basketball, uh, even post-career or post-playing career, I should say, uh, as an assistant at, uh, at his alma mater, Princeton. Uh, having been the uh, the head coach at uh, Columbia University, and uh, also having been an assistant uh, in the NBA on the Hawks, Celtics, and Clippers bench over the course of the last few years, including uh, during the uh, the Celtics championship season in uh, in two thousand eight. So, so he's got a ring. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know that, that's that's pretty awesome for uh, for Armand Hill. A great uh, great basketball life for this guy, and, and, a, and a good pick on this team. Also, got to mention he's uh, he's from Brooklyn, uh, New York City uh, baller. Yeah, well, um, let's just run down these teams uh, one more time. We can get to uh, to a couple more uh, players who were born on this date. Yeah, um, I have James Wiseman, Jerry Reed, Don Barksdale, Steve Smith, and Armand Hill. All right, since you're not saying the positions on this episode, Oops, I guess uh, I'll say at center I had James Wiseman, uh, at power forward J.R. Reed, at small forward Don Barksdale, at uh, shooting guard Steve Smith, and at point guard Armand Hill. All right, let's let's transition now to a couple of other players or the other players who were born on this date through history. Let's uh, let's start by talking about Cal Bodler. Now, I got to admit, I've always liked this guy's name a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can like his name. I mean, getting up to three points per game for his career. I mean, this guy was fine. I mean, he was just fine. <laughs> yeah, not not a very notable career for uh, Cal Bodler, taking 17th overall in the draft in uh, 1989. So probably the Hawks were hoping for a little bit more out of him uh, following his career at uh, at Old Dominion University. Uh, interestingly, the only player in uh, the modern era of basketball to commit seven personal fouls during an NBA game. Uh, because the scorekeeper didn't realize. Oh, God. <laughs> pretty, pretty fascinating note from uh, Wikipedia, Cal Bodler's entry there. I mean, how does the scorekeeper not realize? Um, uh, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean this, it is the job. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a pr- pr- pretty poor work. Uh, yeah, I got that. I mean, Mills is having me uh, scroll down to his uh, basketball reference page so you can see his game highs. And seven he, personal fouls. And he has seven personal fouls. So pretty, pretty incredible stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, went on to play at a couple of other places around the world, uh, played in Italy. Um, but yeah, has gone on to a uh, career after uh, after basketball, after, uh, you know, having uh, had a career in basketball. Yep. So, um, <laughs> which I guess what happened. So, uh, yeah, let's keep moving here. To let's, Dennis Duval. Let's talk about Dennis Duval. Yeah, I mean, sweet D. I mean, 1.9 points per game for his career. He's pretty amazing. Significantly, this uh, this is the only man uh, to have played in the NBA from Westbury, New York, a uh, place where we used to live. Went, attended uh, Westbury High School, which was uh, 
you know, no more than a stone's throw from uh, our previous home. Yeah, I mean, they got to have a jersey retired there. Absolutely. Big ups to uh, Dennis Duval. Also had a notable career at, uh, at Syracuse, uh, selected to um, the uh, Syracuse uh, men's basketball all-century team back in 2000, and uh, notably uh, became the uh, police chief of Syracuse back in uh, 2001. Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's went fun. on to be a police officer. Yep. Pretty cool. It went when uh, went back to Syracuse uh, and uh, yeah, has made a life for himself there after a uh, a relatively brief uh, NBA career back uh, in the seventies. Yeah, um, let's move on to um, some talk about Charles Johnson. Yeah, now this is Charles Johnson, the basketball player. Obviously, there are other Charles Johnsons out there, but yeah, tell us a little bit about him. This guy, uh, a two-time NBA champ, and this guy was actually pretty good. I mean, eight point one points per game for his career. 10.9 is best, and uh, actually played 521 uh, NBA regular season games. Yeah, so this this, this not not an incidental NBA career. Uh, played some major minutes, obviously part of two championship teams with the uh, the Warriors and, and later with the uh, with the Bullets. Uh, so definitely notable for uh, for him. Attended Cal. We probably mentioned him briefly in our uh, California episode, but uh, sadly Charles Johnson no longer with us, having passed away back in 2007. Yeah, um, that's not great, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not that much to say on him, but um, he is a two-time NBA champ. Yeah, let's keep moving here. Uh, talk a little bit about David Lee, a guy who uh, came up during our uh, San Francisco episode, just briefly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we did do a San Francisco episode. Wow. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, averaging 6.9 points per game in his first season and then just completely dropped off in the second season. Had a solid first season and then, like, nothing in his second season and then, like, done. Yeah, pretty cool that he played in the ABA for the uh, Oakland Oaks. I think that's uh, one of the cooler uh, cooler teams to have played for uh, back in the 67-68 uh, season. And uh, notable for uh, having one of those classic uh, David nicknames. Dave. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so David Lee uh, turning uh, 79 today. Uh, continuing to move through uh, these players, let's talk about Mike Niles. Yeah, I mean, didn't do much. Uh, yeah. Played just one season back in 80-81, uh, uh, 44 games for uh, for the Suns that year. 83rd overall the, pick. Yeah, 83rd overall pick in the uh, 79 draft, uh, turning 66 today, having attended uh, Cal State Fullerton prior to that. Uh, yeah, not a ton to say about uh, about Mike Niles, other than uh, that in uh, 1989 he was convicted of uh, killing his wife. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. All right, so let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about DeAndre Liggins. Yeah, I mean this guy um, actually has earned himself a picture on Basketball Reference, probably because he played recently. Yes, uh, Liggins. With the Cavaliers in 2017 on um, his Wikipedia page, and um, he um, averaged two point per, two points per game for his career, and he actually played like five seasons. Yeah, has played parts of five seasons. I mean, really, uh, you know, more of a uh, guy who's bounced back and forth between the uh, the D and G League and um, and, and the NBA. Uh, you know, mostly a bit player. I mean, averaging under 11 minutes a game for his career. But I mean, a guy who still you know has a potential to uh, to get back in the league is playing in. Uh, in uh, England right now for the uh, for the London Lions of the uh, British Basketball League, so still active at age uh, now 33 today. Yeah, and uh, you know six six uh, 209 pound guy, so you know a wing player who could really swing back and forth across a bunch of different positions, and uh, could handle a little bit too. So a guy who you know I think teams have been able to dream on throughout his career, but obviously it just hasn't produced all that much. 
Yeah, so um, is that all you want to talk about here? No way, because I want to talk about David Vanterpool as well. Yep, average 5.5 points per game. And um, there's a picture on his Wikipedia page, and, and this is the caption. Vanterpool, right obscured, lifts a child to dunk during a tragedy assistant program survivor event in 2007. Uh, 2017, that is. And actually, uh, David Vanterpool, notable more for his uh, career outside the uh, the NBA as a player, at least, has gone on to uh, to coach in the NBA for, uh, for for a while with the Blazers, notably, and now with the uh, with the Timberwolves, where he's the associate head coach uh, right now and was, uh, was uh, at, at least thought to be in the mix for uh, having been uh, elevated to that job uh, following the firing of uh, Ryan Saunders earlier this year. So it's certainly oh, someone who's... Yeah, he's going to be in the mix for uh, for you know head coaching jobs potentially uh, going forward. But had a notable career in the uh, in, in the CBA and the uh, the ABA, as well as playing uh, overseas in, uh, in in Russia for Cheska Moscow and and elsewhere in Europe. So uh, you know, big time career overseas and uh, notable for having uh, worn number twenty two during his uh, one season with the uh, Wizards back in two thousand one two thousand two, and having played twenty two games. So he's kind of like James Wiseman in that sense. Yeah. And um, actually, uh, went to the St. Bonaventure. Went to St. Bonaventure and uh, turning 48 years old today. All right, so I think we've now gotten through uh, all 12 players who were born on uh, March 31st. Uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and uh, compare these teams. Now we're back to uh, wrap up this episode by comparing our lineups for uh, March 30th and March 31st. Let's uh, let's get right to it. Mills at center. Who'd you have? LaRue Martin from March 30th or uh, James Wiseman from March 31st. <laughs> I had um, LaRue Martin. Yeah, what's, what's your logic there? I feel like that's, the, that's this is the closest call, I feel like, of each of these positions. Yeah, I mean, he just has so much more to it. Yeah, it's hard, hard to argue with that. I mean, James Wiseman just 33 games in. I mean, it's a little early to uh, anoint him uh, the uh, the better player, although uh, obviously the, uh, the door is certainly open for uh, James Wiseman to uh, take – this matchup in the future, if we ever revisit this uh, March 30th versus March 31st. We <laughs> 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 will. Yeah, it seems, seems highly likely. All right, so let's uh, get to power forward. Where we've got Jerry Lucas from March 30th versus uh, J.R. Reed of March 31st. I have Jerry Lucas, and I know you do too. Yeah, you got to go Jerry Lucas there. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I mean 10 or more. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shalier. At, at, at the three, we got uh, yeah, Shaler Hallamone. I think I'll spare you uh, trying to <laughs> pronounce his name again. <laughs> and uh, Don Barksdale from uh, March 31st. Uh, I got to go with John Barksdale. I, that, get, they're down one to two. Yeah, March 31st, taking a 2 1 lead. Uh, Don Barksdale, obviously, uh, the, the choice here. All of Famer. No, March 31st is down 2 1. Uh, March 31st is down to uh, <laughs> Up to one. Wait, I thought he's a March 30th. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should just reset at the end here. All right. So uh, let's move on to the two where we've got Ron Baker of uh, March 30th and uh, Steve Smith of March 31st. I mean, you got to go Steve Smith. And that Clearly. puts them up. That ties it up at 2-2. Yes, it is now tied 2-2 between March 30th and March 31st. Coming out to this final matchup between uh, – March 30th, uh, Ozzy Schechtman, the man who scored the first basket in BAA history, and uh, March 31st, Armand Hill. Who is going to win the battle? Armand Hill. Yeah, it has to be Armand Hill. Uh, obviously a much more accomplished player in, in yeah. terms of what he actually did on the court than uh, Ozzy Schechtman. And that will give the uh, 3-2 victory to uh, March 31st, coming back from down 2-0. Yeah, and I think um, they would win on the court as well. 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, there's so much more experience on this uh, March 31st team, and undoubtedly James Wiseman, you know, his athleticism would uh, would be helpful uh, despite his lack of experience against uh, LaRue Martin, yeah. um, player from a long time ago. So um, I think that'll wrap up this episode. Hope you enjoyed. And um, contact us on something, something. Yeah, you can uh, reach out to us if uh, you have any questions or comments or suggestions for us at uh, barnardsonthenba at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, barnardsonnba. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to uh, being back with another episode on uh, some topic in the next few days. Yeah. Um, bye.